This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Welcome everybody to this latest edition of the Forever Bristol City podcast. Four games undefeated now, something we haven't done uh, uh, for a long while, since the start of the season pretty much. Uh, finished at Pride Park yesterday, Derby County relegated, Wayne Rooney's Derby County 1, Bristol City 3. Joining me uh, today are regular contributors Ian and Mark. Morning chaps, are we feeling uh, bright and breezy and uh, very positive, wishing the season would go on rather than uh, be ending in a couple of weeks' time. You first, Ian. What do you think? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it that strongly. Um, I'll, be glad, <laughs> I'll be glad when we get to the end of the season and uh, hopefully with another two wins, or at least not losing either game. Um, and uh, then I'm very interested to see, well, no doubt we'll speak later on about what we do in the summer, but do you want a brief your brief summary of the positives from yesterday? Yeah, I'll take game it. Well, let's just, set, let's just get a quick summary of your positives, yeah, and then yeah, quick summary, and then okay. we'll go across to so, Mark, his views, and then we'll crack into the game. So you first, go on, Ian. Positives. So positives, three points. No such thing as a bad win. It was an away win, which uh, slightly improves our away record. Uh, two young wing backs started the game. Uh, both, in my opinion, played out of position and. Um, We'll come on to talking about another one that came on and was played out of position again. Uh, three goals. Uh, we won by two clear goals. We haven't done that very often this season. If, if I can't remember. Haven't done it at all. No. Uh, Weinman got his 20th of the season. Semenya got another goal and could have easily had a hat-trick. They just could not handle him. Um, and uh, Dan James, it was probably Daniel James, one of Daniel James' best free... Uh, Matty James, sorry. Matty James. Betty, better, best, best free kicks of the season. Um, so <clears throat> th- those are the positives. I think it was a slightly weakened Derby lineup without wishing to rain on anyone's parade. Um, you know, they had Bartos Sibolski in and the young man missed an absolute sitter with the header, let's be honest. Yeah. And flicked that other one from close range over the bar when perhaps a better player would have scored. But that being said, we could have scored at least another three goals. So, 
Um, I was um, I was I was pleased with that. Good, and, good. Uh, what... Go on. Okay, Mark. What were your uh, what were your thoughts uh, yesterday? I mean, you know, you both of you were predicting uh, a win. Uh, I think this coming uh, weekend, and we got it against the side as. Ian's just said, leaving a few players out, a couple of statues at the back. We come on to that in a minute uh, when we describe the goals. But you know, hey, was... I, I, I hope you're going to mention I nearly got the score right as well. Almost. Well, I, I do that. Shut up. Mark, go on. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. Um, yeah, the finishing of, of Vyman. I mean, um, I mean that, that that move for the first goal w- w- was terrific. Three three strikers. Semenyo to Martin to, to Vyman finished great. Um, I th- it was great to see the youngsters play. Duncan Idahan came on, made a great last ditch tackle at three one that could have made the last few minutes a bit uh, a bit jumpy. You know when we're blooding lots of youthful players, that's great. And when City do play with intensity, we can you know we pass and move the ball around very well. That's the good points. I think for. A lot of the game yesterday, at least at least half of the game, we didn't uh, we didn't show the intensity that I wanted. I think perhaps with two holding midfielders in the middle uh, and two young two young attacking midfielders as as the wing backs, that probably probably tells us tells a story. But once City has switched to a back four at the end, they look more solid and and really always look like they could go up a gear. 18, 18 shots on goal. It's great, but uh, let, let, let's see. I um, I want to see in the, ne- the next two. I want to see in the next two games. The City play, you know, have a lot, have more possession in games. I think we only had what about thirty four percent possession yesterday. Yeah. So that's what I, I want to see. As, as try and dominate possession, at least hold on to the ball, look comfortable in possession, rather than just sit in this low block, even <clears> against. <throat> Vastly inexperienced teams like Derby because they had a lot of players out, and uh, including Tom Lawrence, of course, who got himself sent off against QPR uh, on on Monday. So it was a game we should, we always we were always going to win, uh, and in, we made it a little bit hard for ourselves in the second half. And Nigel Pearson said that, but it, a win's a win, and we're going to be playing whole Saturday. That'll be a good game. They won three out of their last four, so it won't be easy. Yeah. And our last chance to get back to back wins. Our last chance to get back to back wins and <clears throat> probably leapfrog in Hull is the best we can hope for because the other sides that uh, we can get a max fifty eight points. The other sides, their goal difference is vastly superior to us and <clears throat> lose both games. That's it. All right, let's get into uh, the action. Uh, Joe Williams started. He seemed as though he played longer maybe than would have uh, been ideal. I think he was on for uh, well about 80 minutes but uh, Ian that first goal coming on uh, nine nine minutes uh, as just described Semenyo to Martin to Vyman goal number 20 uh, he's answered 100% of his critics by having the season of his life and it was a classy finish wasn't it yeah it was a great goal Um, that is exactly how you would want that front three to play and that's exactly how they can play um, when when they're absolutely on blob. Um, but I still think we need, in, and we'll come on to this with signings, we need a, uh, if you want, younger, taller, faster version of Chris Martin 
because he shouldn't be expected to play every single game. But it needs to be a you know a better player. If you had perhaps if you had another player like Semenya, you could play the ball in behind more and he can stretch defenses even more. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was an absolutely excellent goal and, and, and a great finish. And it, it got the game off on the right foot. But, and the, one of the reasons for that is we played slightly higher up the pitch. Yeah. Um, you know, the first half against Sheffield United, we already got out of our own penalty area. Yeah. Um, but it, it was, we played higher up the pitch. We contested midfield. Um, and I thought that you mentioned Joe Williams. I thought he had a good game yesterday, apart from a daft booking. Um, I was, was going to say, yeah, he got booked very no early need. on in the game, didn't he? Very Exactly early. right. And the type of player he is that really, you know, you're on tenter hooks for the rest of the game. I say the same for Eamon Benarus. I'm, for Eamon Benarus, um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll give him, he was up against a very difficult opponent who caused us a lot of problems Abui. in the second half, particularly at Ashton Gate. Yeah, if we're looking for a right wing back, he'll do, but I don't think we can afford him. Um but um, okay. I, I, I'd give him. I mean, he pulled the lad's shirt, which uh, as well as uh, ankle tapped him a bit, which is once again a silly booking very early in the game. But I, I'll give it. I'll let him off a bit for the simple reason that he's not a left wing back. But I thought that considered, I thought he had a good game, and I thought he had a particularly good game uh, defensively because let's remember he's a left-sided midfield player, central midfield player. That's his best position. Or um, he can play as a 10, as can a number of our players. Yeah. All right, Mark, um, the goal, um, Ian's just given us, and we talked about it at the top of the, at the top of the pod. Yeah, it was classic strike, but uh, um, Scott uh, broke his nose. He says, as Nigel Pearson told us after the game, uh, you know, that was a very subtle whack in the face. Did you see it like that? Yeah, well, it was a cross, it was on 18 minutes, a cross from Main Benarus uh, from the left-hand side. And Scott's at the back post and Louis Watson, their forward, flings out an arm and catches him in the, in the face. So he goes down on the ground and, of course, we, we, we see Alex Scott go down a lot, normally, you know, outside the area to win free kicks, but not like that. And that blood was pouring from his nose. VAR... Oh in the Premier League, may have said that was a contentious penalty. But he had to go He had to go off, and, and we didn't learn until later that, of course, it was a concussion substitution uh, because we got con- quite confused when Derby made two double substitutions and the commentators wondering what the hell was going on. So, yeah, yeah. the guy was, 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 was poleaxed for, for a minute and blood pouring, pouring from his face. He was definitely caught by the, by the hand or the, the upper arm of Louis of Louis Watson defending at the back post, and that could be a penalty. I think we've only got one penalty all season. Are we going to get one in the last two games? Well, Who nice. knows? Be the, nice the, the odds if, have got uh, the odds have got to be long, haven't they? Yeah, no, it'd be nice if we could uh, if we could get a penalty kick. And um, you know, it it um, you know Joe Williams uh, just before our second goal, he showed the power that he's known for, bursting past about three players releasing uh, Sam Bell, putting a cross out, went behind for a corner. But then uh, I'll let you do it first, uh, your views first on uh, our second goal. Uh, I'll stick with you, Mark. Uh, 37 minutes. Uh, Stearman, one of the, should we say, more senior members of the side, uh, Semenyo uh, just left him standing there, didn't he? Dwelled on the ball too long and uh, a left foot shot across the goalkeeper. 
yeah, place rather than power. Seventh goal of the season for him. We said a couple of weeks ago that, you know, if he puts, he grabs a few goals, two or three between when he came back after injury and the end of the season, finishing like that, the assists that he's done as well, particularly the one against uh, Stoke last week. Uh, it was a good finish and he's going to be capturing the, at- the attention of the scouts, isn't he, Mark? And I'll ask you the same question here. Yeah, no question. It's, it's it's funny because before that, when Curtis Davis had played that back pass past Allsop, which was quite funny because Allsop came out of his goal on a few on a, on a few times. I'll say there was Kirsty Allsop, and he kept going on vacation, vacation, vacation. But it, yes. he just passed the ball past Allsop, and he rolled, and then he he managed to do Edison like flick the ball off the line as as uh, Semenya was coming in. But then Semenyo challenged Stearman, who was particularly slow, and, and got done for a foul. When it was probably not a foul, did the same thing eight minutes later. He was too slow at trying to take the ball that field. A great turnover by, by Semenyo. But it was the crispness of the shot. He just hit that ball so well, left to right. And, uh, I mean, if he'd have missed it, I think Chris Martin would have been would have, would have been a bit upset because he was, he was open at the back post. He could have, he could easily have rolled it across, but Semenyo wanted to score and it was a great goal. Yeah, great he's, goal. he's going to get, he's going to get, he's going to get suitors. I think uh, the bids will be coming in uh, in the summer for him and Vyman. 20 goal, 20 goal striker. I mean, it stands out like a sore thumb. I mean, <laughs> Ian, think, what are your, in what, the, when what, we got to the playoffs in 2008, our top goal scorer was at nine. Was it eight or nine? Darren eight, Byfield. Yeah, was, Darren Byfield, it? yeah. Yeah, God. He was an he was uh, he's a good lad actually, Byfield, if I recall correctly, but not a prolific goal scorer. Ian, that was a classy strike, and we, we had said a few weeks ago if, if Semenyo comes <laughs> back and does stuff, so he's done a couple of assists and now he's got uh, he's got a cracking uh, goal. I mean, do you think he's our most saleable asset now? <clears throat> no, I think Vyman's the most saleable asset based on purely on form in this season um, <clears throat> and appearance record as well. That's another thing that you've got to look... Well, we don't appear to look at it when we sign somebody, but um, it's something you've got to look at. How many games is this guy going to play in a season? And with Vyman, you've got the added versatility that he can play anywhere in the front three and he can play that number 10 position behind two strikers that he's been very successfully playing. I think that's actually, you know, there is an argument to say that's his best position um, over being a second striker. Uh, as someone's pointed out, yeah, we had players missing yesterday. We've had players missing virtually all season, haven't we? So we had no yeah. Callas, no Baker. Um, no De Silva. I, I I was, no De Silva. Uh, a couple of missing ones that didn't get asked about and didn't get explained. Campering, not there again, not even on the bench, which seems a bit odd. Yeah. Um, now, whether it could be a case of Pearson saying, well, look, I, I can, I know exactly what you can do. I want to, I want to give some of these other lads, I want to see what they can do. It, it could be a simple explanation is that. It could be that he's, uh, Pearson's having a funny five minutes with him. He certainly doesn't want to keep Viner. Uh, I think that's, that's absolutely clear to a blind man. Um, Semenyo, sellable asset, yes, but he's effectively under contract until 2024. Um, so, uh, But somebody's going to look at him and let's say he grabs, yeah, yeah, let's I mean say Hull, can... Hull at home next week, he grabs he grabs a couple, a brace against Hull and an assist yeah. against Huddersfield, then his run into the season, yeah. you know, you, you rightly say, which we were alluding to last week vis-a-vis 
somebody coming in for Vyman with a cheeky bid. Semenyo's going to be there. No, we don't. Dave, we, don't to, we don't need to take a cheeky bid for any of the players, apart possibly from Masengo. We seem there seems to be, you know, the newspapers in front <coughs> of the report that there's interest with him. So we don't need to take a, what you call a cheeky bid for any of them. Because we're not that we're 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 skin, but we're not that skin. Well, so that'd be interesting. What, it will be interesting. Yeah. Um, it, Mark, no, if, um, someone, look, if someone comes in for Semenyo and offers us something like twenty million quid, he's going to be gone, right? But he is under contract, so someone's not going to be able to come in and pinch him for five or six. No, no but so, somebody so might that, come in. So that's my, twenty million. That's taking it to extreme. Somebody might come in and say. 10 million and then we put in a 25% sell-on clause or if it's a premier club uh, how extra money after right. so I many appearances you I know it, it's that. this it's this pricing uh, thing we'll talk about that yeah, more that's, later that's, Tom, but that's not a cheap that's not a cheeky bid no no that's, and that's that I probably used the wrong bid. term there saying a cheeky bid it yeah. is a bid right and 20 yeah, million Forrest, Forrest came in and offered Forrest came in and offered a million and a half two million quid for it Towards, yeah, well, that was cheeky. The, um... That was last summer, wasn't it? I think Tomo's made a good point here, which we touched on last week and we're touching on again today because he said, It'd be interesting to hear what we think regarding the starting 11 yesterday, assuming they all remain at the club, which is another one of the topics we discussed because Nigel Pearson said this week there ain't going to be many changes. Would you? Would we be happy with that lineup for the first game next season? Well, on the assumption that maybe Callas, Baker, and De Silva are back. So we'll talk again about predicted lineup. Mark, after we went two goals up, um, we did have. A period. In fact, it went on uh, for a bit, really, where we we let them back into the game. Uh, Forty minutes for side put in across. Sibilski headed over when he should have scored. It was a bit like the header that Sheffield United uh, should have scored, which led to Dan Bentley throwing the ball or kicking the ball on the field for our goal last week. And then on 44 minutes, um, a good save by Bentley, diving to his left to save from uh, Ravel. Morrison, a player of potential that's uh, never been uh, fulfilled. And then they did get their goal on the hour. Um, a Bowie, um, I think pronunciation is correct, cross and Forsyth was uh, there. I'll come to you, Ian, about the goal as well. But, Mark, we did let them back into the game for a period before half time and certainly into the second half, didn't we, before we upped our game a bit? Yeah, and they were getting the ball easily behind... Um behind our wing-backs, which is probably to be expected when you've got two attacking midfielders in, in, in those in those positions, and particularly with a buoy. I mean, that sh- I mean, Cebulski should have scored that. All you have to do is, is get the ball under the bar and he, he heads it over. But the goal was a buoy again from the right, crossed it with his left foot, and uh, Forsyth beat Sam Bell, caused Sam Bell to come on for Alex Scott was later to be substituted, ran in. It was far too easily, headed the ball down into the ground and, and passed uh, and passed down Bentley to, to his left hand to his left hand side. It was it was a good goal, but yeah, it was a soft goal to concede. And we were we were sitting a bit deep then, allowing Dar- allowing Derby to run on to us and it, it was getting quite fruitful. I knew at half time if we could keep the ball from a buoy which we did. We we snuffed him out later in the game with with a with a formation change. But it they were getting getting the ball forwards far too easily and and, and sitting on top of our defence and we were defending yeah. far too deep. 
yeah. for the majority of that second half before we put it to bed. So yeah, that's another yeah. thing I'd like to see. I've got a buoy yeah, after the goal, and it, and you know you went past three of He's our players. He's not to be confused. The guy that I think Ian was referring to earlier in the pod was Eversele. Um, Fausti Eversele, I think, who, who played at Ashton Gate, who's, who, uh, who also played on the right. This is a different. Right. This is a different player. Yeah, but Eversele. Right. Well, they, they had a couple Ashton of useful. Gate. They had a couple of useful players there. Uh, mm. uh, uh, Ian, let me ask you about the goal. Um, Sam Bell sub subbed, and I'll ask you about that as well. But the goal, not a great one, really, was it? Because he did a touch of the Zach Viners, where the bloke he, he totally lost the man he was meant to be marking, didn't he, Sam? Yeah, but I blame them. I blame the manager. <clears throat> Sam Bell is is an attacking right-sided player, so you can play him right wing, or you can play him uh, next to uh, a striker as a second striker because he's quick and he can finish. He's not a wing back, so why why play him there? And this is what you get when you're throwing people under the bus and you're leaving full backs out the squad. So, and we have got, as we have mentioned before, another chap called Bell who is a right wing-back, who is a Zach defender, Bell, yeah. and who is also uh, can throw the ball after length of the pitch, which is quite handy so in a poor team. So why not give that lad a game, please? Don't play. If you're going to play Sam Bell, play him up front where he plays. Don't play. Don't, yeah. you know, it's, like, it's just, it's, it's almost making a point. You know, there you are, we're, we're, you know, I'm going to play these two lads. I don't like Scotty at wing-back, because... I think it wastes their talent. Eamon Benarus and Adam Scott are two very talented midfield players and they can either play as a 10 or they can play as a uh, third midfield player in a midfield three, you know, a bit like uh, we used to under Cots. Um, and Eamon can play on the left, left of it. Uh, Scotty can play right or left of it. Uh, in fact, Eamon can play right or left of the, the guy in the centre, the holding guy, uh, or 10. So that's well, you're right. Position. You're right. So if you want to give that. people opportunities, put yeah. them in their right positions, and then pick up if they have bad there. games, you can leave them out. Yeah, I mean, it seemed folly not having Pring on the bench, full stop, because he can play in the three, or he can play. Um, well, he can play in a whole variety of positions. Well, it leaves, us, it leaves us. It leaves us weak in a game that we were expected exactly, to win. Because Benarus can play. Benarus can play on the right, as you've just pointed out, Ian, and Pring. Could have come in in that left uh, left wing back slot, you know, and uh, you know that wouldn't have dis- wouldn't have had anybody playing out of well, position. I, no, okay. hang on, I wouldn't have played. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't play Aimer Benaru's right wing back. That'd be even worse. But <clears throat> what I'm saying is, he can play of a middle three, so three central midfield players. He can play the Luke Freeman position, the, the season we went up under Cots, or he can play the 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 one on the right. So, uh, you know, of the centre guy. Uh, in central midfield or pushing forward into a 10. That's where you get the best out of those players. And it's exactly the same as I said about Sam Bell. Sam Bell ain't a fullback. He, he's not a defender. He doesn't switch on defensively. Um, you could also, another thing you could do, if you played a 4-3-3, which is a 4-5-1 when you're defending, Eamon could play in front of the left fullback uh, and, and play in that role. <clears throat> Yeah. So, you know, whilst I don't like Scotty White, he, I think he's better. In, I think they're both better in the centre. So let's, if you want to play, the, it'd be like playing Tommy Conway and saying, right, Tom, you know, give you a game. You'll be centre back next to closer. Yeah. There are some bizarre you know, selections got, going on. Yeah. But sometimes it's because you haven't got anybody else. Well, we have. 
So let's let's yeah. let's give him a game. If, no, he should have been in. Not... Pring should have been in the squad yeah. yesterday just because he's got experience. Okay, let's get back into the action. Um, as I say, that goal uh, that Derby scored woke us up a little bit. We got back right back into the game. Semenyo had a shot saved, and then in the follow through, Vyman was close with his uh, back heel. A la Dennis Law versus Man United, nineteen seventy four. I think that would have been. Um, and then Semenyo put a shot wide. In between that, uh, Mark, Duncan Idahin came on. I saw his uh, post-match interview. Seems a very well-balanced lad. And that's when the shape of the side uh, changed. Um, what, what are your thoughts on uh, Idahin? And then I'll ask you about the uh, the third goal as well. And the same to Ian. But you first, Mark. I think he had a, a steady game. Uh, I mean, we went to we went to back four. So, left, so the idea was that Benarus in front of him. So they had to get past, you know, two 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 sets of defenders, which they perhaps could have could have done earlier, but I think you know it helped both the team and it you know, would have helped Duncan. But he's naturally a centre back, six foot two, played league football uh, with with Grimsby, nineteen nineteen years of age, you know, tall range rangy player, and I thought he did did okay. I mean, he made one great last ditch tackle on uh, Abue when they, like I said, at the top of the show, when, you know, if 3-1, it could have made an uncomfortable last few minutes. And I think he did, he did all right. Uh, you know, he was he, he was told by Pearson to go on there and defend, defend, defend. And he did exactly that when we were def- when we were def- defending deep. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see him. And the goal, Mark, the, the, point, the point-clinching goal on 78, Hanoa came on and burst of energy, saw him fouled. Ian's already said, uh, a well-struck free kick from uh, Matty James and there was a right footer wasn't it swung curling in and there was uh, a closer doing an uh, Aiden Flint really wasn't it yeah tiny Tim God blesses everyone yeah I've got to say that it was it was slightly behind him so it was a great header uh, curled the curled the ball I think he, he you know it was a free kick like that from the other side where Andy King scored up at Middlesbrough as well but this one it, he rose above the defence and it's something we want to see you know he got the likes of Robbie Cundy Atkinson and him who were you know over six foot tall so we want to see a few more like that but he headed it right out of uh, old Sop's reach into the top corner lovely finish and that was uh, game over yeah Brilliant. it was Ian uh, Idahan coming on Looks another good prospect coming from uh, what is it National League with uh, Grimsby. So your your thoughts on Idaho and then the goal as well. You know it was we've been missing that power in the air from a defender. I've watched a few. I've watched a few under twenty three games uh, this year, and he's always impressed me. Um, he's strong. What impresses me about him is he's a proper defender. A lot of modern defenders are great coming the other way. So they're great going forward, but what they're not good at is defending. And another thing, he has not got the Bristol City poor defensive gene. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is he doesn't ball watch. If, if you look at, um, I'll give you a perfect example. The save that Bentley made in the first half against Sheffield United. Go and watch it on uh, YouTube or whatever and see where our defenders are looking when they've got a guy completely unmarked about eight yards out in the middle of our penalty area. And you see where all our defenders are looking and they're all ball watching all three central defenders. No one is marking this guy. You just happen to be playing center forward. Mm. 
You can call it a false nine. You can call it what you want. But that is an absolute curse at Ashton Gate. And someone's got to sit them down, show them the video and say, we do it. What are you doing? You're looking at what, what? Yeah, you've got to know where the ball is roughly. But yeah. see this fellow here. That's the bloke you're marking. Right? If he doesn't score, well done. Right? Because if the three of you, if three central defenders, most sides don't play with three central strikers. Yeah. Right? But if they do, each one of you has got to mark one of them. That's defending 101. So do that. And, and and I like him because he likes defending. There's another couple of young lads in there. I can't bring them to mind at the moment who also, I mean, I'd like to see uh, Josh Hours given a yeah. run out in midfield before. I mean, this is all positive. Season. It's all positive stuff that you think, you know, because we've, correct me if I'm wrong here, we've now exceeded last season's points tally. Yeah. Yeah. 51. And I think yeah, that yeah, was 52. probably in your mindset. You want to be better than you were the previous season to show progress. I'll give a statistic in a moment. Um, but just to wrap up on the game, we have one more chance. I think Semenyo had a shot saved, but there, there it was the final score. Derby won City three, um, you know, a good three points and to a point expected. Um, Neil, one of our regular contributors on here. And I'll put this to both of you. Um, Neil, Neil said, given the situation around Cundy Class and Idahan that have all come in from nowhere this season, okay, Baker's gone. You've got to be thinking at the very least season-long loans out for Moore and Viner, who are both out of contract. They're not high high wage earners at the very least. But then uh, he says, not sure we'll be able to get them permanently well, off the wage bill. And Callas has got to be off as well. So um, you first, Mark. Um, yeah, Moore and Viner, yeah, maybe people would buy them but Cundy close and the emergence of Idaho is we haven't really missed Callas have we what do you think Mark um no I don't I don't think don't think we have because I think you know when Callas played we we, we had this we do have that problem with reaction time and getting to get into the second ball I mean we played Sheffield United I mean their goal the huge gap that was left um uh, for the guy who you know who's, who 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 shot before Morgan Gibbs White picked up picked up the rebound. I can't think it was Ender Stevens. Just we just don't react, you know, against Barnsley from those corners. That second ball when the ball's there to be cleared or blocked, you know, you see sides they they make it, you know, their life's work just to get in the way of the ball or get the, that ball out of the area. Just cle- just clear the ball, defend, do do what you're supposed to do. Don't you know? Don't stare at it. Um, that's that's been the problem. I think you know players like Callas were were is guilty guilted that, but I think it's also the problem with the way we play in front of the defence as well, because we we make it easy for the ball to come from front to back because we just don't hold on to it. So we make it we make we make it it hard. You know, our, our, we make we make it hard for ourselves in terms of in terms of the way that uh, that you know that we we defend as a unit. From front to back, you know, in terms of a band, just mm. is to, to get the gaps too big from uh, from back to front, and yeah. you know, midfielders running around like headless. Well, we're talking about midfield in a moment. On top of the defence, yeah, it gets back to uh, Neil's uh, point about um, you know the, uh, the 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 shape of the side and who who would be in the starting eleven, which we touched on last week. Ian, uh, your pennyworth on you know 
<coughs> with the emergence, as I say, of well, close is like the emergence. Close is going to get a contract. I think that's already been said. Cundy, probably Idahan. Uh, you know, would, would getting Callas off the wage bill would save a lot of money. And look, we've we've not been conceding so many goals of late, have we? With him being out the side. So, what are your what are your thoughts on him? He's been a good servant of the club during his time here, okay. and you can't fault him for effort. But you know, it solves a few problems wages wise, and uh, at least we'd get two and a half million for him. And that's a not a cheeky bid. That's probably a market rate bid. What do you think? I don't think it's a market rate bid for probably he's one of the best centre backs in the championship still. Um, <clears throat> look, let, let's look at um, the players' contract situation. Um, it, there's a lot of things going on at the, at the minute that I would term wishful thinking. Um, when people, Pearson said himself, there won't, won't be a lot of changes because he's realised, perhaps at long last, that he's trapped contractually. So he can talk all day about, you know, I'll get rid of them. They won't be it. Uh, well, they will be. Because if, as I've said before, if, if I'm Zach Viner or Taylor Moore and you come to me and say, well, I want you to leave, I'm going to say, well, okay, then pay off my contract. Yeah. Well, okay, well, I want you, I want you to go and move to... Um, uh, I, I, want you, I want you to move to, uh, I don't know, Peterborough. And they go, well, okay, what's the contract? And and how long is it? So if I'm in the last year on contract, Taylor Moore's con- Taylor Moore is one of the 23 players. Uh, sorry, one of the 15 players whose contracts are up summer of 23. Callas yeah. is one as well. So I would say anybody, there's a lot of talk about Masengo uh, because he, well, he's been offered and won't sign a new contract. So I think we have to look at the all the other players in that boat in the same way. And a lot of them are regular first-team players. So, for example, uh, De Silva, Callas, Martin. We know about Masengo. Naki Wells, who a lot of people think will be out because he had started regularly. Dan Bentley, Casey Palmer, Saiku Jana, Zach Viner. Yeah. Uh, Awara Edwards. Now, Awara Edwards, James Morton, Taylor Moore, Max O'Leary and Antoine have got a one year, a club's got a one-year option to extend their contract. So that effectively takes them to 2024. So we don't have to panic too much about those guys yet. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Baker, his contract's up in the summer of 23. We don't know if Nathan's going to go on playing. Um, and Tyreek Backinson, who was awarded a contract by Pearson, then thrown under the bus, or we took his yeah. one-year option, then threw him under the bus. Now, it might be, it might be very sensible to do that with Callum O'Dowda, whose contract's up this summer, even if you want to sell him, because at least you get some money for him. And I I think, hang on a minute, I think he's a sellable player. Now, we've only got four players left that are out of contract this summer. That's Lewis Britton, who we think's going, Robbie Cundy, who I think we should give another contract to, Andy King, who who should go, uh, and Callum O'Dowda, who I would give, I would take up the one-year option, even if Nigel Pearson wants to sell him because he he can't stay fit. So there's a lot of long t- longer term thinking. It's not just about summer 22; it's about yeah. summer 23. So yeah. let, let's just all right. Let me let me ask you this, think, uh, Ian. Let me. Well, I I come. To, I do. Mark, let Mark have his. Uh, say on on this we've we've talked about players that can't be shifted all right but if we were that can't be shifted as in sold yeah um 
And yeah. Viner and Taylor Moore are two that clearly don't feature in the manager's plans. One's been out on loan for a whole season. One may as well. But if we get out on loan to alleviate the fact that nobody's going to buy at the moment, we get out on loan the likes of Viner and Moore. Right? Getting Palmer out on loan and paying half his wages, and dare I say it, even Naki Wells, you could loan Naki Wells to a Portsmouth or somebody like that in League One, right? Who pay half if his wages. Goes. If what? What do you mean if he go? You say that you, if, you're on a if loan, he mate. Go. Eh? No, you can. It's no, Dave, you can't. You've got a strange idea. You, especially for somebody that's involved in employment, you can't just say to player, you, you're going on loan to them. So, no, I'm not. I'm under contract to play here. I'm not going on loan. To, I don't want to go to Portsmouth. I, I, sure, I don't want to play in League One. That's what Palmer said last season. League One right. clubs were queuing up for Palmer. And Palmer said, well, I want to play in the Championship. So you can't just... With a transfer... Well, no, but it's like... Involved. Hang on, hang on. No, I've got to pick you up on that point because it's like if you're... If, if somebody works with me and I say, well, look, actually, I'm going to pay you, but I actually want you to go and run that office up in uh, Scotland. Yeah, you're going to get the same money, but that's part of your job. You're helping the club. That's part of your employment that you're doing that. So correct me if I'm wrong, which obviously I am because you've just picked me up on it, but to get rid... Yeah. We're not going to be able to sell players. All right, and, you know... These players then, Palmer is quite quite relaxed about sitting on his ass, right, for another twelve months and pulling his twenty five grand a week rather than pulling twenty five grand a week and making a name for himself, say playing for Portsmouth or Peterborough. And if you freed up Palmer if you freed up Palmer, you get half their wages off the wage bill. Uh, yeah, possibly, but I still think it's wishful thinking because they want to play in the championship. All right, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, and and you're basically well, then giving you're giving Wells to a rival, aren't you? And if you not got, if you give him you, not it, if you say to him you're going to go and play for, well, okay, Pearson wouldn't let Wells go to Cardiff for that very reason. But if you said to yeah. Naki Wells, look, go go and play. Well, not <laughs> go and play. Uh, it, again, as you've corrected told me that I'm wrong, that you cannot say to a player, we want you to go and play on loan there and we're not going to affect you're not going for less money, you're getting the same money right, but let me, what's yeah. your view on this Mark? What, 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 what Casey Palmer like? seems to want to sit on, it, sit on his backside and, and, and not play, I don't know if he's featuring for the end of 23s, like Naki Wells is he's injured he wanna, who Palmer's injured is he? Right, apologies yeah. But I mean, pre- previously, he was, he, I mean, not wanting to go to League One, does he want to resurrect his career? Because by not playing, he is, is counterproductive. He'll have to take a huge, a huge uh, wage cut to go to another club, and, and we we got to get somebody to buy him contractually. He doesn't have to go anywhere, and uh, if he doesn't want to, he can reject all advances and just stay stay with Bristol City to his contracts up. There's nothing, you know, yeah. employment law. There's nothing, nothing him or any other player if they don't want to leave they don't they don't have to i think wells is more astute than that uh wells in the championship could go to a, a cardiff or a birmingham or a reading or somewhere like that but they've got the same money problems as we have he's going to leave at least half his wages the fact that he hasn't played this season is against him uh and his age is against him as well so yeah but, but somebody like casey palmer He's, he's going to be seen as a luxury player at any club. I mean, we were we were little, uh, one of a long line of clubs, Huddersfield and Blackburn and so on, where he'd been on loan and he'd never really 
play consistently. We overplayed, unfortunately, for a player with lots of promise who's never delivered that at this level, which is a real shame for the club and the player. You see, we can't cut our losses because it's a deflated market. We're going to have to take a huge hit on him. I mean, he can only be worth 100,000, a couple of hundred thousand. We paid, what, for, uh, four or five million for him? Just, well, let's get back to three, talking three about Palmer. Talking about yeah, Palmer, it, you know, if you're his age... It's an awful he, situation yeah. for club, for club Palmer, and player. I mean, Matt, oh, Mark, Mark Smalls just said Naki Wells could go to MLS. That's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's a really good shame. Is they, they, what, what, are they, what are they paying out for players then? For, I don't uh, know, but he could MLS go teams. to MLS on loan, no, which is something that right. he'd like to do. And if they paid half his wages, because I don't think they pay... I think the they pay all his wages, Dave. In Would the they? MLS, I think that's a really. I What's think, yeah, the top wa- really What are the top shape. wages in the MLS then? How much oh, are they God. are they paying? You'd be looking. I mean, what the big clubs like Beckham's club and and um, the, the clubs at the top, they've got a, a lot of, of good South American players and whatever. You probably highest paid players thirty forty grand a week. I'm All guessing. Right, so he might possibly he might more. Go. He might go for yeah. something. Uh, perhaps, some, perhaps some of our listeners yeah. can, can uh, correct yeah. us what on was, that. But Mark, yeah, Mark, what was, back what to, was Beckham earning over there? I don't know what the wages you like were, out in the States. Can't imagine they're huge. Mark, Casey Palmer. Look, Casey Palmer, he's not really kicked a ball in anger this season. Right? He's on 25. No. Let's say he's on 25 grand a week, right? He's going to go from 25 grand a week. And when he's out of contract, what's he going to get at another club? Who's going to pay for it? What's his wage going to go down to? Six, well, he's not, if he's going to be playing at League One, he's not going to get, I mean, five, six grand. I mean, All right, what are so League One, what are League one clubs then, playing? If you're Casey Palmer, or, sorry, you, you, your bargaining chip, if you're Nigel Pearson, when it comes to Casey Palmer, is say, look, Casey, you don't fit in with my plans. And when you finish your contract here, you're going to go from 25 grand a week to, well, five grand a week elsewhere. Right. We would like you to go and go on loan to, let's assume they don't get promoted, Sheffield Wednesday, up through the playoffs, you know, something like that. We'd like you to go there on loan. We'll honour your contract. And if he goes down to League One for a season, and let's say he was scored double figures in goals, he's increasing his chances because he's still at a relatively young age. Palmer's increasing his chances of getting a three-year contract next summer, right, at probably double what he would get if he just sat here for another year on his ass because he doesn't want to go and play for a lower division club. Do you agree I mean, with what that? Is he, what is he? What is he? 24? 25, uh, 24. Yeah. You see the logic if, in that, don't you? That's, that's yeah, he wants to further his career. He's going to have to go backwards to go forwards. Correct. I mean, he, he, could have, Correct. he could have another 10, 12 years in the game, but he's got to say so he's got to get his priorities right. We can't be inside his head. Um, he's on good good money now, but if he wants a lengthy career, he's going to have to go down to go back up, and he's going to have to prove he's got the right mentality to any any manager. I mean, football's an incestuous business, and managers managers talk to each other, and coaches talk to each other, and if they think they've got a player with a bad attitude, I mean, look at Lee, Lee Tomlin. The market was was different then, but at least he had, you know, the ability. And the and and the CV to to say to clubs, you know, take me on, even though they knew he was disruptive, had weight had weight issues, and you know, and 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 so on. At least he could say, look, 
I've, I've scored goals and I could, I've, I've got lots of contributions and that takes you so far. That's not the same with Casey Palmer. If he wants to further his career, he's going to have to go backwards, I'm afraid. But yeah. that's up to the player and the club to sort that out. It's a difficult one. Yeah, Neil's just um, pointed then, out on here, Neil Sutton, average wage in MLS is 300 grand a year, a massive drop for Wells. There you go. Only exactly. the marquee so I thought it, I thought it would because the crowds aren't that big. They, uh, the crowds aren't that huge, are they? And, and they. And, uh, and Neil says you don't see Wells as a marquee signing. Over, which he, there are 81 no. players in the league making at least a million dollars a year. Mm. That was that was as of 2021. Right. So you're right. The average wage is about uh, six grand a week. I just worked out. Mm. So, um, well, that's, that's, two, that's that. a quarter of what he's getting at the moment, allegedly. Though. Yeah, but hang on, he might be one of the guys that gets the million a year. So, a million dollars a year in, in to be sniffed at. What's that, 700? All right, let's well, It depends. You look at him alongside those players, and I'm sure you haven't got a list. I certainly have. Look alongside those players that are in the top 81 players that are earning that million. I think what a year. we'll do, and I think it, there's I think better we'll, players we'll than do, we'll, we'll do an Adam Nash style deal where we give the player away free transfer um and uh, then the the signing club has to pick up his pick up his wages and then they can amortize that over yeah, three yeah. years four no, years that makes of sense. contract that, do you get that's my what point we as well with... though ian about do you get my point ian about palmer that you know okay you can't tell him to go somewhere but if you're negotiating with somebody you sort of say look look at it this way yeah and palmer it is in his interests to play football next season, to put himself in the shop window, because he's not going to get a look in here, is he? Well, no, but if if it depends if how how much if you can say, well, look, it's going to be the same money, you know, we'll pay you half, they'll pay you half. I can't see a League One club playing even half what he's on. I've got to be honest, but there again, I could be wrong, you know, possibly one of the bigger League One clubs, if they're still down there, Sunderland. Uh, look at the clubs you've got going down. Uh, look at the clubs in League One at the moment. Sheffield Wednesday, Derby will be there. Sunderland could be there. Portsmouth, Ipswich. I mean, there's, there's some... Uh, yeah, Ipswich might be stupid enough to buy him. Well done, Mark Ashton. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, it might be... Uh, you know, they, you, I think it's, it's not going to... I mean, from what... You could tell from what Pearson was saying that it ain't as simple as, as saying, right, OK, you're going there. Because you can't. The player just say, well, I don't want to go playing League One. I'm a yeah. championship player and that's where I want to stay. So anyway, we've yeah. done this to death. But um, All right. You know, OK, let's change the subject. Summer, let's change the subject. One well, quick one before we change the subject. Do we goes, think Callum O'Dowder will get any minutes on the grass between now and the end of the season? There was a suggestion from the manager a couple of weeks ago that he might. You, you Straight yes, no answer. You first, Mark. Callum O'Dowder, will no, we see no, him in a no, Britain's shirt? No, 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 and I hope not. And I, I, I wouldn't retain him. I just uh, I just don't think he's strong enough. All right, Ian, uh, you know, your view. Plays, he, he's, he plays, plays with fear. Yeah, gone Ian, your view? Uh, my view. Will he get minutes? Don't know. Two games to go. Don't know. Uh, he's training. I know that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you could apply that thinking to a number of players, couldn't you? Uh, you got Callum O'Dowda. You got George Tanner. Are we going to ask George about Tanner's George Tanner next? Because he travels. Well, George has been playing. He's well. He's been playing for the under 23s So I would expect to see him before the end of the season if Callum's fit. Uh, because don't forget, if if players play and they're injured. Even if they're out of contract, we've got to keep treating them until they're well. We only keep paying them, I don't think, 
but we need to keep treating them until they're well, if they, if we, which is what happened with Nicky Mindpa. So uh, there, is, there, there is a slight risk in playing them. So if Callum plays <laughs> and has a relapse and he's going to be out for three or four months, then, then we've got to cover all that treatment. So all these things have got to be taken into account. So we basically, because he's got China to see Andy King, Callum, and, uh, Andy King, it's best keeping him off the grass, then really, isn't it? Yeah, and don't touch him well, in training I, because. He... I, I guess you know. I mean, it depends. Like I said earlier on, I would activate the one-year option, even if you're going to sell him, because at least then you get some money, not no money, and we need yeah. every penny we can get, and we're not going to free up much on the wage bill. If we just release those four players this year, no, no. <laughs> it's not going to. No. It's a drop. Literally, will be a drop in the ocean. And I hope you have to look at who you, you look at. And say, right, who am I going to keep? Right. Let's assume that Taylor Moore and Zach Viner are not required. Okay, that leaves you. You got Nathan Baker, who there's a rumor going around that he, he might have to quit, and Nigel Pearson didn't do anything to, you know, he, well he's got to have another scan. Well, that last concussion was what. Four or five months ago? Long time ago. So well, I hear what you said. Ian, sorry, I hear what you, you said know, there about Viner. How many centre-backs have we got? But they've and, been and, repl- and how much if we, money if we those got? two never put a shirt on again, right, they have yeah. technically been replaced already by Cundy and Closer and Idahan. Yeah, and you could almost Ooh. say, if he gets given a chance, Zach Bell, who is a conventional right-back, and George Tanner, but let's we come on to the safer side in a, in a moment uh, for next season, uh, guys. First, you, Mark. Uh, Nigel said he, he's always there giving individual praise for Chris Martin. He gave that again yesterday, and somebody put on the forum. He's one of those unselfish centre forwards that he's never going to get you a hatful of goals like Andy Vyman has done. But he likened him to uh, John Stead, you know, that is you know good, honest championship pro. Would you agree with that view? Yeah, I mean, I think he's got one of the highest number of appearances, isn't he, in the, in, in, in the Championship? Um, yeah, he, he hasn't got the pace when he play him into channels. But, yeah, he is unselfish and, and, he, and he's contributed some some good goals this uh, this season. I, I just feel sorry for the guy when we're lumping it lumping it up to him, you know, and it's, you know when he's got big centre-backs banging into him. Uh, when he'd be better, we're much better playing the ball on the floor. Uh, you know, and you can see what he can do when the ball's played to his feet. Yesterday, releasing, you know, he can he can play those quick passes and playing players like Vimon who have got the, who have got the pace. So yeah, yeah def, definitely wanting me a next se- next season. Well, he is. That's, he's a given, that's a given. But yeah, he's run himself into the ground because we haven't got a like for like player with that with that strength who can play up front. The only player was Louis Britton, who's been nowhere near the side uh, this season after his But he's somebody that on like for like, it's in our gift to have kept him uh, there. Ian, uh, Chris Martin, good pro and likened to John Stead, who's uh, left us uh, quite a few years ago now, but they're, they're at the same mould really, aren't they? They're going to score you goals, they're not going to be prolific, but they're good enough at this level. And he's 32 in August, yeah, but what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I had no problem with him uh, getting another year on the basis that we bring in another centre forward. Because just don't forget when you start saying, "Well, Naki Wells is going to go," and we're letting we're releasing Lewis Britton, well, you've got to bring somebody in. And, and I think saying that Duncan Iden is going to come in and play regularly is is, is a bit of a stretch. I mean, I, I don't. I, I think he's a good defender. I'd like to see him start some games. Um, 
and then see what he's like against against better opposition. Um, so yeah, and and I would like to see him played in position, please. I'd like to, he's a centre back, so let's play him there, not left back. Um, so yeah, and, uh, does Pearson? I think first thing it, it comes back to what I was saying. We've got to decide when we talk about players coming in, players going out. First of all, Pearson's got to tell the board what he wants, what he wants to do. How do you want to play? Formation, tactics, oh. what type of team we're going to be? Do that, then you can decide. Well, okay then. For example, we were linked with a winger last week. It's not true, but is that we French guy? Is that thought, French guy Bomber yeah. or something like that? Yeah. I, I think. Well, why would we want a winger? Because we don't play with wingers. So, like Nigel, you know, I'm Steve Lansdowne. Nigel, do you want to play with wingers? Really? No. Right. Okay. So you don't. We don't need to sign any wingers then. So we put a line through these. Uh, you, you've got to say right. Who do you want? And I think we need. Assuming that only Masengo goes, we need four players to make that side a lot better. Okay, but I'm talking about that's only Masengo going. Yeah. So if you start, if you lose three three centre-backs, if you want to call Viner a centre-back for the sake, sake of argument, you you lose Viner, Moore. And, Ka- and, and Baker. Um, and, and, and Baker. That's three of your centre-backs gone out of six. So, you yeah, then you probably need a, an, an experience. Not, I don't mean old. I mean uh, an experience. Well, hang on, you've got, but you've got, if you give them contracts, you've got Cundy, Close, Atkinson, Callas, yeah. assume he doesn't go, and Idahan. So you've yeah. got five. Well, and what yeah, are we I just said, Idahan's a stretch. If you play in a three, you, you, I think you need six. Based on our, our experience, you need six players right. that can play there. Because someone's going to be injured, suspended, the daddy, daddy, da, aren't they? They're going to miss yeah. games. So... I, I think, I mean, this season, look at look at the number of players we've had. Now, OK, it, it doesn't help. You can't say, well, I'm short of centre-backs. If you pack Taylor Moore out on loan and, and you can't complain about being short in midfield, if you pack Backinson out on loan. But Taylor Moore and Backinson are back in the building June. Yeah. This June, two months' yeah. time. They're back in the building. Hello, boss. All right. Knowing yeah. clearly that they're not uh, they're not in his plans. But they still want to play football, you... those lads. So they'd be happy to go out on uh, happy to go out on loan again. That's a key thing. Isn't well, once it? again, oh. if, well, apparently the Ipswich are considering buying Backinson, but it, it depends on. It's like everything it depends on the deal. There's three constituents, aren't there? They, there's the two clubs and the player. And, and the player's agent you know, as well. For that, as far as I, I know, but as far as I know, Backinson and more single blokes. And they'll have the ability to say, well, OK, yeah, I'll go and live in Ipswich or OK, I'll, I'll go and live in Scotland or wherever. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Moore might want to go back to France. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Taylor Moore's been, he's been out of the part side though, hasn't he? I don't think he's been, he hasn't he did playing, play, I think he did play in the local in... derby last, I think he played in the local derby last week with the semi-final, I think it was, that they won. But on their forum, they think he's a, he's an accident waiting to happen. Mark, look, let's get back to this shape of the side and, I, it, I, we changed the shape to four four two late on. So, what was the four mark that finished the game across the back? Um, Idahan, Closen, uh, uh, Closen. That's a new one. Idahan, Closer, Atkinson, and Cundy. Cundy. Um, right. Which, I okay. think that with, with, yeah, um, it is a real so, conundrum, yeah, isn't it? Four, four centre backs playing in the back, in back four, effectively. Yeah. Because well, that's how, what we did well, under Mark, let me ask you the question, Mark. How yeah. do you accommodate? Because he's not getting—he's being shown that he, what a good all-round footballer is—is is Alex Scott. But how do you accommodate next season? Let's assume, as Ian says, that Masengo is the only one who goes, and 
Vyman's here and Semenyo's here and Martin's here. And that trio scored 37 goals between them. And there's no doubt about it that, you know, we, we've got goals in us now. I think Neil Warnock said uh, when we were on TV against Sheffield United that they had our forward line, they would have beaten us. So how do you accommodate Alex Scott, Mark, who is arguably one of our very best players, how do you accommodate him in that side and play him in his best position when you've got a manager that looks like he will persist with a Wyman Semenyo Martin combo into next season. Yeah. How do you fit Alex Scott in there? And then the broader question is, and the mid we all know we're going to get a right back or a right wing back. And then a the broader thing of we got Williams fitness and James legs are going. All right. So you can't say Scott comes in for either of those because he's a very different player. So how do you accommodate Scott in the lineup that we seem to adopt? Well, he's got he's got to play in, in a midfield in a midfield f- three for me, uh, either in in the, in a three a flat three in a three five two, or behind the the strikers in a in a in a three three four one two. I mean, I think we played at the start of the season. Start of the season, we we're actually playing four two three one with Masengo and James is the hold is the holding two, and he he fitted in there. Um, I think yeah, that's it. That that midfield position, he can pass the ball well, and he can score can score goals. He's got to be able to running past beating players uh, on the ground. I think he's got to improve his game, maybe bulk up bulk up a little bit. But um, I think he's capable of making things happen. He's not like a Semenyo who can play with his back to goal and just drift past players. He hasn't got that type of strength, but he's got a good eye for a pass. Uh, he's got some pace and he can he can hit hit the ball. So I think his best his best position is centrally, but that means you need two good players alongside him. And we either haven't kept him fit in the case of Joe Williams uh, or Matty James just haven't playing playing consistently to say at the moment, uh, you know, with any assurance that that's so that's what that I'm saying. So it's midfield, midfield it's midfield. Need a bit, yeah, better midfield. We're just not capable of holding right. on to the ball. We give but it who away do you leave out then inf- out of the trio to accommodate him there, right? Who do you leave out of the front trio to accommodate him? Well you could you could push you could push uh, uh I mean you could you don't have to pay with a big centre forward. Um, and Chris Martin's only like five foot ten, five foot eleven. He's not as big as some people and you could play him and Semenyo or another in an advanced position and then you can accommodate uh, you, you you can accommodate uh, Alex. So you're Scott. saying you Martin is play. one who who is the yeah, right way. And obviously we can change. To. It's we can the change the shape of the side during a game. But you, well, straight question. I come to Ian on it next. Straight question: Does Alex Scott is he one of the first names on a team sheet next season? When he's shown his versatility this season, scored a couple of useful goals. He's a midfielder. Is he in your starting eleven? Without question, on July the thirtieth. Me, yes, yeah, yes. All right, okay, Ian. I'll ask you the same question. Yeah, is Scott in your starting eleven next season? And if so, how do you accommodate him? Well, I agree with Mark in the sense that he plays in a middle three or he plays as a ten. Um, so you, how do you, if if you're talking about accommodating a player, never talk, never like to talk about accommodating a player. Um, it's a but he's one of your best players. He's recognised as a well, really I don't top think player. He is. So I'm saying well, we start playing, not accommodating hang on, him. Hang on. Oh, hang on. 
let me just let me just answer the question. Alex Scott isn't one of our best players, right? I think he's a very promising young player. But you have to say, over a season, will it, has he had the same effect as Andy Byman? No. Is he as good a player as Thomas Callas? No. Has he had the same effect as Dan Bentley? No. Right. So on form, is he as is he as good as uh, Antoine Semenyo? No. So he's not an absolute, well, he's a first name on the team sheet and we'll build a team around him. But I don't think he's had a fair chance of playing in his best position, which is that. And that's, that's what I mean. Now, I think, he's, he, I think he's got he's fantastic. Got yeah, he's got fantastic potential, Alex. Right, I'll say that. I'm glad he's, we've got him under contract. But once again, same as any player at our club, if, a, if a, a really high bid comes in, I won't call it a silly bid, if a really high bid comes in, then he, he, he would go. They, they have City at the position they're in, they have to do it. So we can't kid ourselves. So it could be... And it won't be, it won't be a lot of money either. I mean, look at Carvalho of Fulham. Well, Mark, That's only four Mark, million, we, isn't it? Mark, yeah, but Mark, he's out of contract, Mark. That's oh, why he's only four million. Right. right. They, they don't have to give him anything. They could have said to Fulham, right, <laughs> get stuffed. We don't want him. But they've done a deal, so they get him. And because they know on the open market, he's worth a lot more than that. And the player wants to go there. Alex Scott's under contract to 2025. Yeah. Right. So there is no same as same as Semenya until 2024. So is there is no blind rush and panic yeah. to have to sell them, and we want to keep them. But we so can, they, can they so get him cheaper position. because he's 18? No, because he's under contract. Now it no. doesn't make any contract any difference because he's under contract. If you want under contract, yeah, sure it does. Uh, and he's a homegrown. He, he classes as a homegrown player, even though he's mm-hmm. we know he's from the Channel Islands. Guernsey. Guernsey. So, yeah. so what we need to, look if I'm saying I wouldn't. I think the only players you can honestly say are assuming the squad's the same as we've got now. Let's do that just for fun. At the start uh, in July when the season starts, I, I don't think he's a shoe in, and he's certainly not a shoe in at right wing back. Definitely oh, not. Oh, God, no. But but I think he's very promising. I think he's a, a terrific talent. Um, I think he's been battered a bit this season. I've got to be honest. I think he's played too many games for his own good. Um, uh, and I, I think we need to see more of him in the final third in our, you know, in our attack. So you could push Weidman forward and drop Martin and play a, a, a more fluid game. Um, bearing in mind that you know you with three games a week you have to rest players and whatever and play him as a ten. You could play him as a ten sometimes. You could play Eamon as a ten. If you play three in midfield, Masengo's gone. You could play Scott Williams uh, and James. James James as more or less your holding player, and then you've got Williams and Scott running right. on and trying to cause cause okay. a little bit of mayhem. So there's there's lots of ways. There's, there's lots, lots of, of ways depends. you do it, but you've you've first sort of all said, Pearson's got said, to decide. How he wants to play. How he wants to play. But you yeah. said there, you both of you like? have said, both of you have said, you know, that the player that sort of makes way is Chris Martin. And Chris Martin is the player that seems to get more consistent individual praise than a lot of other players. I mean, Pearson is good at praising players and sadly throwing others under the bus. But you've both said, and you've also said about players can't play. Chris Martin's the only player that hasn't been rested when 
you know, he's, he might have missed games through injury, but he's never rested. And you could argue that, you know, he'll probably start both games between the, the, the remain for this season. All right, just to wrap up, guys, I was just looking at the statistics uh, over the last 14 games. And it's um, won five, drawn three, lost six. That's one point, that's 18 points. It's about 1.3 points a game. Extrapolate that over a season. That's uh, 60 points, uh, which is sort of like you took the average of our four years under Johnson. It's probably a couple of points light of that, but it's in that sort of 13, 14th, 13th, 12th in the league. Mark, you first. Mm. Have we turned the corner? It's unbeaten run of four games. It would be great if it could go on because I think if they are unbeaten between the end of the season, that could stick an extra thousand of the defectors on season tickets, bring them back in the fold. But have we turned the corner to some extent now, looking at the last 14 games, third of a season as near as damn it? Yes, because we managed to, managed to stem, stem the goals and, and, and look more competitive. But of course, we're at the end of the season and... and the sides, you know, there's going to be departures over the season. We might lose some of our better players. We've got to start all over again. So it's a bit too little, too late. I think we wanted to see an upturn in form um, in January, February, um, because we, you know, we flirted. We've never looked like we're going to get relegated because of the points deductions. But we've, yeah, saying that we turn the corner, I think it's too much of a big statement. We, we've struggled because of, of uh, inconsistency and and injuries, and that's got to change. And you know, there's got to be more hunger and desire from the players who are on the pitch. And like Ian said, we've got to settle with you know with a, with a style of play and the formation that we're comfortable with. Because although we're playing three four one two, we're not playing it comfortably at all because we're playing players out of position, yeah, out of, ne- out of necessity. Um, or through or through poor poor form, that's got to change if we want to make an impact next season and, and build again. But the problem is, based on our league form, I think it makes it difficult to shift season tickets, and you know, with the cost of living crisis, makes it doubly difficult. Yeah, we're going no, to lose right. two, three, four thousand season ticket holders. Let's not beat about the bus. Thirteen thousand is going to drop right down. That's going to cost the club as well. That's going to come uh, so, down to uh, ten. I be, think. I think it's going to be very yeah. tough. Lots, but lots of other clubs are operating in the They're same in, market with yeah. a crisis. It's going to be about trading. Summer's trading is crucial to both yeah. the future of the club and Nigel Pearson's position. I think he, you know, the first ten games next season will be crucial about whether he stays or goes because he's here. Okay. He's here That's for the that's interesting, uh, Ian. You've uh, dropped on here the four positional. Uh, 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 signings you like to see right wing back holding central midfielder creating central midfielder and centre forward um, that apart looking at that form over the last 14 games it is without doubt an improvement and it's very much mid table it's a few points ahead of where we're actually going to finish up so turn the uh, corner corner with a small no. C in your book I'm trying to be glass half full on this occasion <laughs> yeah look the, the way I look at it our, our performance this season is better than last but last was pitiful. So better than pitiful, isn't even average. Uh, updated after Derby, our form this season would see us finish with 54 points. So we've we've played 44, we've won 14, drew 10, lost 20. We've got 52 points and a minus 18 goal difference. So our win rate's 32%, our point, points rate's 
we're picking up 1.18 points per game, which is 54 over a season, which is safe any season. So we're 17 points off the playoffs and 18 points off relegation. Now, the top relegated side didn't have a points deduction. Um, so, but if you go back to Pearson's complete record since he's walked through the door, we're averaging about a point a game. And we we would on that, if you normally if you average a point a game, you go down. Not this season, but other seasons you go down. So um, no, have we turned the corner? Absolutely not. Um, the, the issue with, uh, and I think Pearson will stay, uh, because we're we're not going to going to go down, um, and I don't think the club or the board have got an appetite to do that. Although at the moment, I you you don't hear much from any of them anyway, so I don't know what they've got an appetite for and what they haven't got an appetite for. No. Uh, they can't be happy with where we are if their professed intention is to uh, gain promotion to the Premier League, and I think they need to update the fans on that. And if it's a, a standstill role, I don't want to see them come out with another what I'll call negative statement, uh, even yeah. if it reflects reality. Um, yep. So, uh, no, I, I don't think... You don't think, um, you don't think we've turned you, the you, corner you've just given yet? Them, well, no, you've given the first 10 games the next season. That De facto, that means you've yeah. given him the summer. Yeah. So he's had the summer. We need Our recruitment needs to be about 80% better than it was last summer. We can't have any yeah. more Danny Simpsons and God bless him, Andy Kings, and we can't do another um, Nathan Baker-style deal. Um, and once again, I hope the lad's all right, whether he plays again or not. I just hope he's hope he's healthy. Yeah. Um, We'd so, be great to see no, him back because it would be it would well, be, be like a just, listen. I, I, I'm too old to have a favourite favourite player, but if I had had to have a favourite player, ever since he edited the ball off a bloke's toe, and when somebody says, "Well, was the bloke's foot up?" I said, "No, it was absolutely the ball was rolling along the floor, and Baker's led down and he heads it off the kid's toe." So yeah. ever since that point, I thought, "Yeah, I really like him." Um, yeah. I wouldn't do it myself. I got to be honest, but no. I really like. Well, if him. Nathan, if um, Nathan did come back, if Nathan did come back and he can stay fit, I mean, he's he's probably if he's not already, he's nudging uh, thirty. You know, it'd be it would be like having uh, a new signing. But uh, there's every it's it's going to be an interesting summer and a short summer as well. The fixtures are out on I think June the twentieth and the kickoffs July the thirtieth. Uh, July the thirtieth. That's about a week earlier than. Uh, than uh, normal, so they'll probably be back in training. Uh, I would think before the first of July this season, maybe only by a week. But it's an interesting summer um, to look forward to. Anybody watch the boxing yeah. last night? I saw the punch. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a uh, hammer blow, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch it. But I saw. I saw that. I mean, uh, it sounds like the guy's going to re- going to retire. I yeah. think it'd be no better to retire when you're at the top and you've got you you know your faculties with you've boxing. Got all your because, faculties there. Did you see it? Here? Yeah, exactly. Did you see the knockout. Yeah, I mean, I always thought Fury would win anyway. I mean, if anything, Fury over the years, I think he's been a very underrated fighter. I think I'm right in saying he's unbeaten. Um, yeah, 32, uh, 32 he, wins and one draw, isn't it? Because he can take a, a. The great thing with Fury is, I mean, he's a huge man, but the great thing with Fury is he can take a punch. Um, and as well as as well as dish it out, uh, because he's been on his backside when he fought uh, Wilder, he was on his backside, wasn't he? But he's got up, knocked the kid's head off. So I always thought he'd win. Um, and he's he said he's getting out of the top. Reckons he's got about 150 million quid. 
and he's going to go and buy a big yacht and lie on it. So go, go, go <coughs> fair enough, good fair play. Good luck. There's a few oligarch yachts that are probably going on the market yeah, at the moment. So yeah, they're going cheap. cheap. You probably going probably cheap. buy one of them for ten million now. Yeah, in a yeah. depressed market. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Guys, time to go and do what we have to do. We're are we going to make a prediction for next week on a Sunday morning? Well, I'm. I'm. Oh, all right, uh, I'll go first. I'll say finish the season with a home win, and it would be nice if Jeff. Twentyman got not um, Richard Gould, but got Lansdowne, probably Steve Lansdowne, to give an end of season assessment either before the home game or maybe Huddersfield. Didn't Steve Lansdowne used to stand there and make it have a speech, didn't he? Didn't he usually usually stand? Yeah, Yeah. I I, I hope we don't do a lap of honour next week at home for the last home game, but I feel we probably uh, will. Just I'm going for two one. I'm going for a win. Mark, you're going two one. Next Saturday, and I think, and I think we might get a draw at Huddersfield because I think they'll rest a few players ahead of the playoffs because they, they'll right. be certainly Ian, third or fourth. Next week, Hull get a win, keep it going, keep I the run going. Be, I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if it was a draw because uh, if you said Hull are in really good form because we don't know what what kind of team he's going to play, and yeah. like Mark, I wouldn't be surprised if we picked up uh, an away win at uh, Huddersfield and then. Um, our away form wouldn't look as um, as dreadful because over the last 16 games, uh, don't like to end on a sour note, over the last 16 games, we've picked up 11 points out of 48. But we, we seem to have, have addressed that to an extent with wins at Blackburn, wins at Stoke and a win yesterday. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it was that way around. I wouldn't be surprised if we well. if we drew... Or or lost the hole, and then well, went, if we finish, if we got another four points, about... yeah, yeah, if we finish the season with four more points, that would extend the unbeaten run to six, and it would give everybody a much. That'd be our best run of the season if we do that. Absolutely, we our best runs five. Guys, thanks for your contribution. Thanks to everybody who's listened today with your comments coming in, and we'll be back after the whole game, probably Saturday, yeah. Yeah, uh, Sunday morning, this sort of time. But uh, we'll let you know that. But everybody, thanks uh, for listening, and guys, thanks for uh, your contributions as always. Cheerio. All the best. Bye now. Thank you. All the best. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robber starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.